There's two children playing hide-and-go-seek this morning. And uh, Abby kept coming into my office saying, Pastor Tony, Pastor Tony, I need a place to hide. I need a place to hide. She'd come in again. She can't find a place to hide. I think it went on for like 20 minutes. She never did find a place to hide, did she, Jonathan? So finally she comes in. She goes, Pastor Tony, like I'm serious. I need a place to hide. And I looked at her and I said, you can't hide in church, Abby. There's no place to hide. God is so good. He's everywhere. Amen. Well, we're going to conclude our awakening, our spiritual gifts. And I know some of you are still you know, expecting like, to go through this list of gifts. But not today. What are we awakening? What are we trying to awaken us during this time together? What are we awakening? Someone say it. What are we awakening? Our spirit, our heart. You can say our spirit, our heart. For if we don't awaken our heart, I'm telling you, we can have all the supernatural gifts. We can have all the God that exists. But if our heart's not awakened to him, it don't happen. That's why we spent six weeks. It just, it don't happen. We can go through all the motions. We can go to church, you know, and, and you guys are here. I mean, praise God. So, you know, it's not about that. But we can still go through all the things that look like God. But if we don't have a heart for God, it's not going to happen. So I want to review a little bit. And I want us to just kind of take in these these quotes, you know, little snippets. Whoops. Oh, I got to turn on my pointer. Sorry about that. Welcome you who are listening on the web. Okay, who remembers this? We need to get rid of the what-ifs in our life. I hope we've been working on that. What-ifs hold us down. They'll stop us from doing anything. What if this? What if that? And we, just, we got we got to get rid of them. We can't have what-ifs stop us to doing what God wants us to do. This is going to go fairly fast. What we see writes to our heart, and what we hear weighs to our soul. Who's relating to that a little bit? Did anyone take the challenge from two weeks ago to watch what we see and to hear? Raise your hand if you've taken that. Yeah, I mean, it just it just changes our whole perspective on life. It just does. We get stuck and seek proof that God is who he says he is. And that's a, that's kind of a dangerous one because if we're really stuck in our walk with him, we got to be careful because the next thing you know, he speaks his truth by his word, right? And then we begin to doubt that truth. And we say it, we're saying, God, prove that you're real to me. I know I know that's not intentional, but that's what happens if we're not careful. What we say is a mirror of what is in our heart and sets the course of our future. That's one thing it's hard, too, to understand is most of the opportunities we have in life, situations, are really put there by us. I know that's tough. I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them. That's tough. We reap what we sow. Amen? Ah. That's my, that's a hard one for me. <laughs> I reflect on it a lot though, but it's a hard one. We are to walk as a Christian in the light and not with darkness. Protect our hearts, right? Guard our hearts. 
By the way, you know what? Sometimes I know some of you catch me, like, staring at you, if you will. It's because I try to find a friendly face. So <laughs> I'm not saying take it as a compliment, but if you, I mean, if you have this face that's just, like, going, oh, okay, and then I have a tendency to look at you. <laughs> okay, I just thought you might want to know that. You know, just kind of like. We are to be imitators of God and what? Walk in his love. We are to be obedient to the word of God and set our minds on him. It's intentional. We must set our minds on him. We must guard our hearts from ungodly things and instead seek God. It's intentional again. It's about guarding. It's about protecting what God's given us. We try to make our relationships with God physical when our relationship with God is spiritual. I think every one of these points are important. I'm not, I'm not giving the scripture reference. They're on your worship guide this morning, the scripture references. But this is, this is a tough one right here. We really do sometimes try to make our relationship with God a physical one. We need to be careful because it's not. It's a spiritual, one-on-one relationship. We are to test the spirit and make sure the things we engage in our life are things of God and not of the world. Test the Spirit in all things the Bible says. God knows the plan for our life, but we must seek Him and allow His Spirit and His Word to reveal that plan to us. It's not automatic. A lot of us are, are, have discovered that or we're discovering that, aren't we? God's plan, we, if we really want God's plan for our life, it's not automatic. He knows it, and he wants us to know it, but we must seek him to understand by his word and his spirit what that plan is. There's no way around it. There's no quick fix to that. And remember, I don't know if you remember, remember, and someone else can't tell you. I'm sorry. You know, remember the lady I talked about, She and I asked her permission to give that testimony. But Sandra wanted someone to tell her what God's plan was, and an hour later, she discovered for herself by the word of God and spirit of God. That's how we discover God's plan. No other way. God calls us to repent and turn from anything that captures our heart away from him. We must give God those things that hold us captive. What's holding us captive this morning? And you know what I mean. I don't, I don't have to explain it. Some, some might be sitting here going, well, there's nothing, Pastor Tony. And that's cool. I mean, if you you have nothing holding you captive, that's an amen. Praise God. But most most have something that's holding us captive. So spiritual gifts, and I, I kind of like this acronym shape. We all have a shape, right? Every one of us have a shape. S is for spiritual gifts. We've been talking about that for six weeks. Spiritual gifts, but we're we're staying on the the spiritual gift of salvation imparted to us. That's where we're talking about our heart. H is for heart. Now, you see, we've only, it's taken six weeks to do the first two steps. So let me see, six, only 15 more weeks to go and we'll have this down pat. A is for abilities, P is for personality, and E is for experience. We all have them, and God wants to use them. See, that's what's cool, and we're going to talk about, this is what we're going to talk about today, is how God wants to take the body that he has put together, and he wants us to encourage one another to glorify him. But, it, but 
it's not much more than that, but, but it's more than that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. He wants to use who you are. Now, not the sin nature you, the sin nature me, but who he's created me to be. And I know you've heard this before. We are all unique. I mean, I know you've heard that before. But to the youngest that's in this group, this room, to the oldest, and I won't look at anybody, I don't know, but to the oldest that's in this room, hear me out. If you have come to a place where you're a born-again believer, put your trust in Christ as your Savior, every single person in this room, God wants to use. Now, now this is the part we're going to grab today, though. Specifically in this body. And you're going to see just how important that is in a minute. So what is a spiritual gift? A special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. Simple statement. A special ability given to or by the Holy Spirit to whom? How many is every? Now I'm being serious. If you're a believer in this room and you're still grab, which is fine, that's why we're here, right? To be equipped. And you're still trying to grab, though, what, what God has imparted to you as a spiritual gift, it's, it's time to get on the, the ship. It's time to pray and it's time to seek God. Because if you don't know what that is, then it'd be pretty hard to come together. All right? And so that's what we're going to talk about. But it's a special ability given by the Holy Spirit. No one else. It's not your, it's not your talents. It's not, if you will, your personality and your character or some of those things we're looking at in the shape. But it's what the Holy Spirit has imparted to you. And they're to be used to minister to others, therefore to build up the body. So who are we ministering to? Who am I ministering to with my gift? To who? To each other. Who is each other? Us. I know that, I know that sounds, you know, simple, obvious, but it should be because it is. Yeah, yeah. Remember that in the next 10 minutes right there. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translations say ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't know if you remember what I said ignorant was. Ignorant is really choosing to ignore what you should already know. So we need to be a little careful here because what's happening is, is, you know, Paul doesn't want us to be uninformed. He didn't want them to be uninformed all the way back then. You know, they didn't really have the word of God, though, when this was written. I mean, they did, but they didn't. It wasn't commonplace. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, every home didn't have a Bible, right? And so the equipping part of Paul's ministry was saying, okay, look, I want you guys to understand about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed and, and what he's saying is, I'm fixing to tell you, tell the body what spiritual gifts are and how God wants us to use them and utilize them and come together. So that's what he's telling us. I mean, the word of God is never changing. It's always the same. It's for us today, the same. The same. Nothing's different. So, but it is a gift of the Spirit. And that word uninformed right there is a... Anyone ever choose to be uninformed? Like you, you chose not to want to learn something or know something because you felt like if you did, you would have to do it. Happens to me all the time. I don't, I don't know. But 
It's like I, 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 my only hobby is working on computers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little transparent with you. But I hesitate to tell anyone that because the next thing you know, instead of being a pastor, I'm being an IT guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if anyone knows computers and you're an IT guy, oh boy, it's, it's ruthless. Because no matter, no matter what happens, you did it and you don't know what you're doing. Anyone relate to that? <laughs> Way too many hands. <laughs> but I, yeah. It's hard, man. I've asked Bud to come up. He, uh, him, him and Bethany are over the children's ministry here at Four Corners. And uh, I asked Bud to come up and give a word of testimony. <laughs> Amen. My notes are on my phone. I don't just stay on it all the time, I promise. All right, so, um, hello, my name is Bud Vanderkay. Some of you know me as the student ministry director. Some of you know me as the dude who just introduced himself as the student ministry director. Um, <laughs> I was struggling to find God in many areas of my life, and I know that I wanted a closer relationship with him, but I wasn't feeling him at all. My life felt like a day-to-day battle of not hearing or seeing him. About a month ago, I was reading a book about how to make my marriage stronger, by fighting against the temptations of the world. As I read the book, the overlying message was, if you want to better, insert anything here, you need to pursue your relationship with God. Until you make that decision, it's not happening. Now, I was really surprised at the in-your-face message that seemed to make my head spin with frustration. It couldn't be that simple. I'm very much an overthinker. So, cue to me um, spending several days overanalyzing the concept. And so finally, I decided to try it. I gave up. I was like, you know what? I'm done trying to overthink this. And I said, God, I want to do this. And if you want this to happen, this relationship between you and I, you've got to help me. So, I was intentional about making small changes. Nothing drastic. I didn't change my entire way of life but something small. I started with listening to my Bible or a Christian self-help book on my way to work. And just in that simple, intentional decision, I could see my life start to change. I didn't get a bunch of money or anything like that. However, ideas when you're in tight situations started to come easier. Administration at my work came and asked my advice on different situations. And as I worked over in Kids Central, I felt more excited about the message I was teaching. And my relationship with my wife felt better and stronger than I had ever felt it before. I was excited to see what else could happen. So my wife and I started praying together each night before we went to bed. Our prayers started out simple and basic. Thank you for the day. Thank you for everything that happened. And they turned into long conversations with God. So I started out just wanting God to make my relationship stronger with him. My life seemed to make sense once I invited him in, into my life, and I made an intentional decision to pursue him. I realized through this, it takes two to tango, and God is always reaching for us. We just need to make the intentional decision to reach back. It's very intentional, and and I don't know, I think maybe sometimes, um, I don't know that we'd always stand up and give testimony to that, but what are we here for? To build one another up, to encourage one another, you know, and, and here Bud stands and says, you know what, 
I know something was missing. And I don't want that something to be missing. So he, he pursued God, which never left him. And he, he knows that. But isn't that an amen? And, and you know, you know what? I'm convinced. You know how many, you know how many times that would happen, bud? For anyone that ever did what you did, you know how many times I think they would come up with the same results? Every time. Every time. And I think we get deceived and, and don't understand that. First Corinthians 12. There are different gifts, or different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And basically what's going on here is there's different gifts. Again, if you're a believer in this room, God has imparted to you a gift, whether you are exercising that gift or whether you know that or not, for lack of a better way to say it. But he's given you a gift, at least one supernatural gift. Now, wouldn't it be fun if God just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to send everyone to four corners that has the gift of service. Every single person that's a born-again believer here, they, if we all had one gift, the gift of service, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, someone would come to the door, and, and, and John would go, hey, let me help you in. And then Rolly, Rolly would step, go to step in, and he'd go, well, let me help you in, John. And, and then they would be, they'd be stuck at the door for 10 hours trying to lay, yeah. So, so what we need to see here is that there's different kinds of gifts given by the Spirit but there are different kinds of service. We could have 10 people in this room with the spiritual gift of service, but there's different kinds of service. To make it simple, opening the door, serving the coffee. Get, get what I'm saying? So oh, just leading up to the next uh, few verses here, I want us to understand that, you know, that, that God purposely, um, or God is letting us know that there's different kinds of gifts but the service in those gifts aren't the same. You might have the a spiritual gift of teaching. Uh, some might be teaching one on five. It might be teaching one on 20. You're, you're, you're more comfortable with where God has led you in that area. You get what I'm saying, okay. Then we go on and read this in 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the what? And this is where it can be, get a little touchy. The common good. Go back to week two or three. It's not about you. When we're actually in this area, we're talking about bringing the body together. It's not about me. It can't be. Because if it's about you or about me, we're skewed. I mean, how can I encourage you or serve you or equip you if I'm just concerned about me? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I'll just teach everyone this morning what I need to know. I mean, too bad if you don't. I just, you know, that's what God's... Right? You know? So... It's for the common good, and it's to each one. Again, that's just the highlight. Every single person in this room, gifted by God, I'm telling you, there's only like three more verses. I'm telling you, it's so that we can come together in those gifts and build each other up for the glory of God. That's it. I mean, again, back to simplicity. You know, like Bud said, I didn't like radically change my life. I just started a step at a time to seek God. I don't know why I keep pointing the pointer at the screen. You ever go to go out the door? Maybe maybe this is too much information. And you have your car keys in the hand, and then you, you try to unclick the doorknob. You ever? <laughs> maybe too many long days. I don't. I only got one knot over here. That's all I got. I'm not sure. 
back to 1 Corinthians 12. All these are the work of one, uh, work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Again, one and the same spirit, just as he determines. There's a reason why I keep going back to this. This is the third time. There's a reason. Ephesians 4.11 says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, now here's the point. If this does not happen, the body of Christ is not built up. We got to grab that. I mean, this is this is important. If this does not happen, God gave, God has put before you apostle, apostles, another sermon for another time, but, but apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do what? To equip us for the works of service. What's the works of service? Full circle. It's the works of what God has gifted you supernaturally to work out to build the body. Do I need to say that another way? We got that? Do you understand what I'm saying? To equip his people for the works of service. Um, example, uh, any any deacons in the room? I think we do. Come here real quick. If you're a deacon of Four Corners, if you're a deacon, we got one this morning. I know that some some are are all vacationing and stuff. Oh, would you come up, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me um, give me um, someone. Give me teachers. Any teachers? I need a few people just to, for a quick illustration. If you're a teacher, yeah, please come up. If you're if you teach in any way at Four Corners. Please come up. Yeah, this would be a good example. I'm just saying, we have a lot of people here that serve. Um, okay, so, for example, let's say, let's say as an illustration that God, which he has, imparts a gift to each one. And this is to illustrate, I'm handing each one just a card. I mean, it's, it's just an illustration. So I'm handing them. This is an impartation illustration of God, not me, you know, to these who serve. Born-again believers put their trust in Christ as their Savior. They have imparted a gift. Now, as an example, Pastor Paul, myself, Pastor Larry, as an example, have been given to this church to equip the people. All right? So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm equipping in the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about our heart and about spiritual gifts? Right? You with me? Nod. Do something. Right? Okay. So, so now, though, so that, why does he do that? So that the body of Christ may be built up. If every one of these were to leave right now, every one of you guys were to leave and say, amen, isn't that, hey, thanks for serving, which I'm not being cynical there, but yay, thanks for serving. That's awesome. But then if you never did what you're equipped to do, what God has gifted you to do, what would happen? The body would not be built up. Not, maybe not, would not. Why? Because you're the ones he sent to do it. There's no other alternative. There's not a plan B. It's so crucial that we understand as a body of Christ and as you, they're standing up here right now. I'm not going to call the whole congregation up, but you need to understand as you are gifted, if you do not operate in your gifts and allow God to work in you and through you to encourage this body, guess what? We just get skewed. We just kind of like, I mean, okay, things can be okay. I mean, I love, I mean, we've, I've been coming here, Trish has been coming here um, nine months, eight, ten, eleven, for a while. And, and you know, and we love to come here and see you. And, and we go home and, you know, we come to the men's group and stuff. I mean, it's awesome. 
right? But what if every one of you that God has distributed a gift to, that's here this morning, every one of you, engage the body the way God wants you to and encouraged one another, lifted one another up. We weep with those that weep. We, we, we celebrate with those that celebrate. And we do that. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. But what if every single one, God has brought this to this place. What if we engage God? But your testimony this morning, so I keep going back to you. We just subtly said, here I am. Here I am. And I just want to encourage you. I just want, to, I just want you to know that God loves you and you're struggling this morning. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's a different place to be in his body. Now, you guys are representing this morning the many that are in service here. I'm not, like I say, I don't have time to bring everyone up. But you're representing them. And I'm telling you, God is pleased when we work on our gifts. He is pleased because that's the only way we'll do his work. Amen. Thank you for letting me bring you up. We celebrate you. Until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That finishes out those verses. And the point is that God wants us to be mature. He wants us to be mature believers doing all the things we were talking about prior to this, watching our heart, growing close to him, right? So he wants us to be mature believers. And I'm going right back to this full circle again. I mean, we, of course, we have our personal relationship with God. Of course, I mean, I mean, Bud's test, testified this morning. There's many testimonies we have. But one testimony was in his heart, he sought God and God, God responded, right? But here's the thing. Now, if Bud were to take that and not give testimony or use it in this body, then it does who who good? But not us. When God intends for it to do good for whom? Us, the body. So he wants us to take our spiritual gifts, and he wants us to come to, and I'm going to read it, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, obtaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, which can only be done again by the body. So everyone has something to say and do. If, if you're in here and again, you're not, you're not working in your spiritual gift, not just in service. So, some of us need to hear that. Service is good. But, but I've seen too many times where a, a born again believer enters into a church environment and it's okay. Don't, you can't hear me wrong. Hear me out. And hey, would you open the door and serve? Would you uh, provide coffee and stuff this morning? Or would you? I mean, that's all awesome. But if that's what you do and that's all you do and you're not exercising your spiritual gift, well, then you know what? That's probably what you do for the next 10, 20, 30 years. It's not what God desires. Again, not that it's wrong, but he wants us to step out of just of just doing stuff and step into what he's given us to do which is exercise our spiritual gift. Because without it, and if you do not, you make the body weak. There's no way around it. You know, it's just it's what it is. So he goes on to say, we must no longer be children 
tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But in speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way to him who is the head. And that's what, in a way, if again, to try to communicate this, the last five weeks have been about. Just trying to say and speak the truth in love. Guard your heart. Don't let your eyes go where they should not go. Guard your ears. It's a weight into your soul. It's, it's not good no matter how much you think it is. And so speak the truth in love. Now, you know, sometimes a pastor, right or wrong, you can, you can think how you kind of want. There's a lot of times pastors, they might preach that sermon and, and then, and then you got to realize, you know, they have, they're living life too. And they are really truly preaching to themselves. They have to be equipped too. But as a body, you see me doing something that I should not be doing. And I'm not saying you come up to me with a baseball bat and hit me over the head and go, Tony, man, I can't believe. But out of love, you speak the truth in love. Why are you going there? What are you doing? Why would we do that? Because we're a body. We're a family. And if the family doesn't exercise that, again, we just kind of like float around. And I know sometimes it's tough. And sometimes you might think, well, don't get in my business. And sometimes we need to be careful not to get into someone's business. You know what I mean? For the sake of just being nosy or, you know. I want to work into that. Hold on one minute. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head. Into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in what? The whole sermon's been on this. But I promise you, it's not a broken record. It's what God wants. He wants our heart. And now I'm telling you this morning, I'm equipping us to understand our heart must be of one. We must come into unity. Is it perfection? No. But as soon as a church will rise up, a body, so we're not, it's a church global, but I'm talking to us this morning. As soon as we will rise up and just very subtly allow God to prick our heart. And, and understand that we need to encourage one another. And when we see someone doing something that God would not be pleased with, that we might share that with them and pray for them. It's not a word of judgment or condemnation. We're a body. And as soon as we start to work in that, that right there, building itself up in love, you might think, well, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, isn't that selfish? But it ain't selfish. Why is that not selfish? Because it's building ourselves up in God's love. Because if it's just our love, there's different kinds of love. You know, I, I love our little doggy buddy, right? It's God's love. And when we take his heart and his love and we start interacting between each other, I'm telling you, I know that not because I'm speaking it, the word of God says it, God will impart and manifest. Not in a simple way, but in, in miraculous ways. And, you know, I'm not speaking, you know, hey, we need to all be seekers of the miraculous. And although being careful, why not? <laughs> 
God's still a God that heals. God's still a God that delivers. God's still, oh my gosh. I, I, I just, I love the word. Oh, there's some gifts. It only took six weeks. Out of Romans 12, here's some gifts. Prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and mercy. Out of Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. It's awesome. These are just a, a few that God imparts to this body. But you got to believe. you got to believe if you engage God, he never left you, and he'll engage you back. I want to introduce to you our youngest daughter. Her name is Heather. And Bud, the mic. Oh, right here. Thanks. I asked Heather to sing a song this morning. Let's hear what, what God has to say through this song. My biggest storm, your drop of rain, my raging fire, your candle flame, my deepest ocean is like a puddle at your feet. My darkest valley, my greatest mountain, they
Thank you. But we got to believe. If we don't believe, it's just another day. It's just another day. Heather and Eleanor, our two children, didn't grow up in a Christian home. Most of you know my testimony. I wasn't saved until much later in life. They were 8 and 11 or 9 and 12 when, when I was saved. I can't even imagine, seriously, what their life would be like had not God grabbed me and changed me and saved me. It changed the trajectory of our family. It changed Heather's trajectory and Eleanor's. Now, I didn't say this before because, I mean, Heather and I just had something God put there. I mean, of course, she's my daughter, but she's my my biggest encourager outside of my wife. Sends me notes, emails, Dad, thanks, you know, praise God for this. She's a part of the body. I want to encourage us this morning, if you're here this morning, and God is pulling on your heart. He is talking to you. There's a million ways. It's like that song, you know, there all these names for God. But if he is revealing to you your need to be saved, your need for a Savior, and it doesn't matter if you've been coming to church, don't let, don't let Satan, the world, or your flesh convince you, well, but if I were to say I needed salvation, and, I, you know, people have seen me coming to Four Quarters for all these years, well, then what will they think of me, or whatever the case may be? You know, the, the, the thing is, is the Bible says that if we're saved, we'll know it. How do we know it? It's by that Spirit, the Spirit of God I've been talking about. The Spirit reveals to us our salvation. And if that is not revealed to you, and you've just been kind of going through the motions, for lack of a better way to say it, then, you know what? Today's the day of your salvation. And you would say to Creator God, I believe. I do believe. I do believe you sent your Son. And I, even though I don't understand it all, you're telling my heart is true. Your Word tells me, your Spirit's telling me it's true. Today, I receive and I put my trust in you as my Savior. Today. For it's all a choice. And if that's you today, All I can say is amen. And if you're here today and you're a part of this body and you're not plugged in yet, and I don't mean just serving, that's good. I I hope I'm, I'm trying to make that as clear as possible because that's how we interact with one another is in service. But to be plugged in in your spiritual gifts, be praying about that. We're going to be continuing to talk about the Holy Spirit of God in the weeks to come and how that interacts. And usually that would be my keys, setting that alarm off, but I went like this and I don't have them in my pocket. Now, don't you all go pressing your keys because then we'll have 20 cars out there. <laughs> or maybe it's celebration. Maybe, woohoo, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Anyone here say, Pastor Tony, would you would you just pray? I really feel... Today is my day of salvation. Let's let's pause and pray and thank God for my salvation. Just indicate by your hand. I'll, we'll stop and we'll pray. Is there anyone here this morning? 
Say, Pastor Tony, today is my day for salvation. Anyone? I, you're saying, what? You're supposed to close your eyes and stuff. I believe, I believe if we believe, as hard as it might be to testify, anyone. Anyone here say, hey, Pastor Tony, you know what? I feel like Bud. I feel like God's pulling on my heart. I want you to pray this morning for me because I'm going to seek him. And I'm going to, I'm going to discover what my spiritual gifts are. And, and I'm going to work and I'm going to be a part of this body. Raise your hand as a testimony to that. Anyone in this room? Who, who would say that you feel like you're working in your spiritual gifts? Raise your hand. I'm glad I got some hands because I was getting a little concerned there. Let's pray. We're going to receive our offering too in a moment. If the ushers would come forward, I'm going to pray. And Father God, thank you for this morning, for this time you've given us. You've given us a lot to think about, to look at, to assimilate in our hearts. And Father, we ask in your name, in Jesus' name, that you would help us to see you more than we've ever seen before. That we'd come together as a body even stronger and even more unified, seeking your goodness and your grace for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen.